morning, guys. Good evening, North. Today I'm gonna read this. Eagle eyes on deck. I am Eagle Falcon. We have quite a bit to talk about. This is kind of a weird week. There isn't any like anything big really this week, but there's a lot of very little interesting things that's going on this week. A lot that actually could affect not the tech today, but the tech of next year. But first we have to talk about yet another WD My Book Live uh, exploit. This one not only causing data loss like last week's, but also able to end up having remote users take root privileges over your cloud in a can. I got a feeling that when it comes to Western Digital after this, you might as well just only use their hard drives and come up with your own solution for turning it into a NAS or a DAS or an external hard drive or your own personal cloud or whatever. Someone in chat asks, oh, cool. Can I use this to actually get root access to the box? I mean, technically, yes. So here's the thing. Last week's we last week we discovered that there were some pro some problems with the MyBook Live, and of course the the product itself is very attractive because it's basically a small personal cr cloud that, by the way, is a terrible in the end product for one main reason. There is only one hard drive in it. There are some versions of it that have multiple hard drives, so we at least have a little bit of data protection, but I mean, th this might just be the crazy IT guy in me. But if you're gonna sell me an all-in-one cloud solution, can can I at least have a little bit of RAID 1? Maybe just a itsy bitsy, teeny weeny little bit of RAID 1? I'm not, I mean, I'm not asking for RAID 5 or 6 or or ZFS or anything like that. Just just a little bit of RAID 1. That's That's all I want. And then of course, I mean, if the hard drive did die, of course, because it's, you know, an all-in-one solution, it is nigh impossible to actually replace the drive without taking a guitar pick and several different sizes of screwdrivers to pry the blasted thing open, replace the drive, pop it all back together, inevitably have to use some glue and, and duct tape because inevitably you broke something taking it apart because God forbid they use standard screws or anything like that. No, we gotta use those stupid plastic tabs. Can you tell I don't like these things? I'm sorry, what's the whole point of my own personal little cloud device if I can't do basic maintenance on it? 
But in any case, there is in fact a... There is in fact a new exploit that is similar to the one discussed last, last week, but inevitably allows hackers to not only perform a factory reset without a password, like the other ones do, but also go ahead and inject root level code to be able to take control of the drive and well you can then start imagining what you can do with it once you have root access to a hard drive like that that's it i mean i can go ahead and install whatever i want on it i can go use it for my own storage devices but that's small fry compared to you know skimming the data you start putting on it Someone in chat says, using it for Chia farming. I mean, you could. Chia, for those who are unaware, I think we talked about it on the podcast before, is a cryptocurrency that uses hard drives to mine for it. Although, cryptocurrency mining is very quickly starting to go on the downturn. Which, by the way, finally... I think we actually do have a story later on in the episode regarding that. But long story short, um, I personally would not trust any Western digital all-in-one solution like this. I'm more of a fan of either A, grabbing something from a company like Synology in which you have much more control over the hardware you put in it and actually have physical access to the drives for the inevitable when inevitably one of the hard drives die or B going extreme and grabbing say a used desktop or a used server a used server if you're a lunatic like me installing something like Unraid or FreeNAS on there and just building your own external storage device that way. Personally, I'm more of a fan of the used server route just because there's inevitably going to be a metric ton of spare parts for the used server, and those things are designed to have parts very easily swapped out. I mean, for crying out loud, these things have their power supplies built so you freaking... Pull a tab and it's out. This is that's it there. There it is. The whole thing. Then bam. It's in. I need to finish that server there too. And get it on my studio. Anyway, enough being distracted by that. Let's instead talk about how Microsoft is rolling out the first test build of Windows 11. Now you too can go and see how horrible your life is going to be when Windows 11 eventually comes out without having to go to a sketchy internet site. The first test build of Windows 11 is out. It's pretty much everything we expected, but you do need to be a part of the Microsoft Insider dev channel which I mean is very minor, but here's what I'll say. And hopefully anyone considering this 
I should not have to explain this to. Do not, under any circumstances, install a test build of Windows on any machine you rely on on a regular basis. Period. If you're going to install it on a machine, install it on a machine that... If you had to, you could very easily recover to its previous state. This should, you know, be clear on anything with the word test build in it. Honestly, if you're really worried about that sort of thing, like everyone in chat is saying, you also should not do a public new version of windows on a machine you rely on a daily basis just wait just because recently the track record of windows has been yikes it's been pretty uh lackluster to say the least that really is a shame too And of course, the 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 Linux uh, the Linux diehards in the chat are just like you know you just shouldn't install Windows on any machine you rely on. You're right. I should instead install macOS on the Windows machines I rely on. That is thinking outside the box. By the way, do not pirate macOS. I just feel like I need to say that after jokingly saying that. Now, with that said, chat says I should stream installing Windows 11 for the first time. I should. I should totally do that. I need a f I just need to grab a sacrificial machine. Maybe that uh, Dell Windows tablet behind me. Chat's also suggesting I should do a Windows 9 review. Yeah, I'll get right on that. The fictional Windows release. Let's get back to the point. Microsoft is also backpedaling on some of their Windows 11 requirements. So one thing that... Uh, has been getting a lot, and I do mean a lot of flack on the Microsoft side of things has been some of the requirements for Windows 11. So first off, one of the things they have been requiring is a trusted platform module. Far too many people have been saying that the trusted platform module requirement is one that is an insurmountable barrier to be able to get over, to which I have said, and I have yet to find any anything solid to go against what I've said, for crying out loud, just about any machine out there most likely already has a trusted platform module in it. 
I believe we even spoke briefly with us with an IT guy or not really directly but one of the people in chat who actually has some IT experience and by some I mean a lot even said that most computers even have a module to take a trusted platform module I believe and I'm probably mistaken on this but I believe the cutoff is actually right before the Nehalem generation now the thing is that it's for trusted platform module 2.0 as opposed to 1.0 i believe trusted platform modules existed uh, even way back in the core duo era but they were not in every single machine in fact i believe that was actually part of the v pro line of it but that's something you'd only see in business desktops the point is is that unless the machine is reaching close to over 12 years old, it will most likely have this trusted platform module in it and be able to install Windows 11. Now, I think part of the reason why a lot of people are kind of hating on this first off i believe there's just also just this internet culture recently of just wanting to find any reason to hate anything i mean even in the rpg community we have people that are absolutely are trying to hate on some re-released games from square enix because of the font first off they're right that font is terrible but second for crying out loud come on The other requirement from Windows 11 that actually I agree is ridiculous is some of the claims, or not some of the claims, but the requirement of Windows 11 only being officially supported on second gen Ryzen and newer or eighth generation core series and newer for the CPU. That, I believe, is a little ridiculous. Basically, it's Microsoft saying, hey, if your computer is more than three years old, it's too obsolete. Which, I don't know if Microsoft's been paying attention to the evolution of computers recently. But the computer industry has been stagnant as far as performance for a 10-year-long gap where Intel only increased the performance year over year by roughly 3%. And only recently, only recently, have we actually seen some serious performance boosts in the x86 era. Heck, it's why a whole bunch of people are looking at ARM and saying, wow, that's looking pretty good. It's only because we've recently see desktops and laptops get over four cores <sighs> but microsoft is starting to reconsider the cpu requirement and in fact the hard floor of the 
of what CPUs require has been officially removed, according to a blog post. But we'll have to see down the road since we're not expecting Windows 11 until roughly October. I got a little distracted because all of a sudden there was an advertisement in this article for a two-year-old scorpion chair. Yeah, you heard me. This freaking... It's been a while since I've seen the scorpion chair. Like, god dang. Someone in chat says that the actual reason might be because of AVX2 support. That could be, but I'm not going to lie. I am not in the know about it. Now the freaking advertisement just just switched to one regarding a giant magnetic fan being attached to the back of an iPhone. Am I just under... All right. Let me get on a rant here for a second. Have I just been underutilizing my phone? I have been seeing more and more as of lately trying to find ways to cool down smartphones. I can't, the last time I ever had my phone ever get to a point of actually overheating was when I accident was was on a very bright sunny day and I had the phone mounted as my GPS above the exhaust vent of the of the internal infotainment system of the truck and the vehicle overheated with that someone in chat says their phone overheats when they play Genshin Impact I could see that. Genshin Impact actually does look like a fairly demanding game. I could actually be seeing that. All right, then. I actually think I forgot to include it in my uh, roundup, but there have been some leaks saying that the next Samsung Galaxy S series, the S22 if they're going by their current naming scheme. That actually might have an active fan cooler and a vent. I want to see how these phones that want to implement a air cooler and a vent, how the heck they're going to maintain their water resistance. We have been seeing this in a lot of no brain, uh, uh, no brain, no brand uh, phones recently. I'm trying to remember what some of them were like. The I think it was the Xiaomi Red was the first one. Haven't not 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 like the ROG phone. The ROG phone has a fan that clips on the back. I mean that's just okay, fine. You you have a fan on the back of the glass pack. Neat. This is actually an internal fan two chambers and a membrane on the fan one um it could be something like that 
Or they just go ahead, uh, make it wa watertight, but just use enough copper to trans to to put the the uh, what was it the the Nubia? That was the one I was thinking of. The Nubia Red Magic. That's the one I know as an internal fan. But that one also doesn't have a uh, water resistance rating at all. I do wonder if these cell phones just keep running hotter and hotter and hotter. If they are eventually just going to have to have internal active cooling. I guarantee you if ARM starts getting to the point that they it does need a real fan... Real, um... Real active cooling. Apple's going to be one of the last ones to jump on it. They are going to let that phone run hot forever. The active, someone in chat says the active cooling already helps today. I'm saying when down the road that it starts getting to the point where it's mandatory. Like right now on, on like a laptop or a desktop, you need to pull off some serious nonsense to be able to have a passively cooled high powered desktop or a, or a passively cooled laptop. Someone in chat says that's not going to happen because the stuff will just clock down. How long ago did people say the same thing with the early desktops and laptops? You're never going to need a fan. You're never going to need to do something crazy like copper heat pipes or water cooling they probably never even imagined it back then but to say it's never gonna happen on a smartphone i wouldn't go that far i think it's a matter of time until arm starts running that hot unless they figure out something else because there's clearly right now in the world of arm if things are get are getting to that point and clearly clearly with apple pushing hard and trying to make arm the future and x86 obsolete and everyone just being as smooth-brained as possible and just following apple's lead because pretty much the entire tech tech industry right now is just sheep following Apple. God, isn't that the truth? They're just going to push ARM harder and harder and harder to replace x86. And then who cares about trying to keep it under control? Someone in chat says they're waiting for the water-cooled phone. There's already 
a very jank water-cooled solution. I've actually seen them, but it seemed more like a meme. It's like a, a copper case. You put the phone in and then just have an ex have a very thin tube go to a radiator and a pump to water cool it. And it's it's honestly more of a meme and a joke than anything. It was made by like some kind of Chinese company. Uh, Linus Tech Tips covered it. And it is very, very silly. We've gotten seriously off track, haven't we? Let's instead talk about how Microsoft has signed a piece of malware as an official driver. This honestly is nowhere near as bad as it sounds. But get this. So when it comes to drivers for Windows, there is kind of a authentication system. It's referred to as what's called code signing. Windows will no will usually, and I'm going to say usually because there's probably like some minor detail I'm forgetting off the top of my head with this, that, or the other thing, but usually you cannot install drivers that are not code signed. You can force a driver that's not, that's not code signed to be installed, but then at that point you're responsible. Microsoft accidentally signed an infected piece of malware containing what's referred to as a rootkit. Specifically, it is a piece of malware called NetFilter, and it can in fact take, it can do some nasty stuff, but basically it can take root access of the, com of the computer and just go ahead and just do whatever the heck it wants with it. Just take over the computer, why not? Install whatever the heck software it wants, why not? Skim all the data, data off your computer, why not? Use your computer to ineffectively mine the Chia cryptocurrency and make a cool seven tenths of a cent? Why not? Well, this sounds very serious. Why the heck did I open saying it's not a big deal? You wanna know why it's not a big deal? You still have to manually install it. At this time, there is no way to, unless you get tricked, for the driver to, for the piece of malware to install itself, it would need some other kind of assistance to do that. And well, if another piece of software was already in that would install this piece of malware in for you anyway, then it could just go ahead and install any other malware while I was at it. You need to actively go out, get the infected driver, and knowingly install it. The only thing that's dangerous is that it has the green check mark saying it's a certified driver. 
in the end, for security's sake, it amounts to basically nothing other than everyone in the know looking at Microsoft, pointing and laughing for about a week straight because this actually makes them look really, really bad. Long story short, do not run virus.exe or new hit Justin Bieber album.exe. I'm just saying. If something looks suspicious, guess what? It might actually be suspicious. Microsoft Flight Simulator, speaking of suspicious, is getting an engine rewrite to almost double its performance. So, the fun thing here is Microsoft Flight Simulator was so inefficient that it basically became a bragging right if your computer could run Microsoft Flight Simulator with any kind of actual prowess. To the point where Microsoft Flight Simulator basically became the new, but can it run crisis? Except can it run Microsoft Flight Simulator sounds nowhere near as cool as, but can it run crisis? Well, unfortunately now, Microsoft Flight Simulator is being updated so that the engine runs a bit more efficient. More than likely, this was needed to happen so that it could frickin' run on the Xbox got a feeling that someone at microsoft realized you know what we could just ignore these inefficiencies people seem happy but first off a gpus are now a myth and second if we want this to run on the xbox if we have this thing that's referred to as a game even though it's not and it can't run on the xbox maybe just maybe we should uh make it so it can we're gonna take a break here when we come back Apple is talking about bigger iPads. Is this a good idea? Do you really want a bigger iPad? Ask yourself that. And we'll be back. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, so not too long ago, Apple put out a statement in regards to the new iPhone 12 and keeping it, keeping the iPhone 12 away from, say, a pacemaker. Because the iPhone 12 does have a ring of very powerful magnets in it. Well, Apple has enhanced this, uh, this warning as, uh, they are starting to realize that, holy cow, magnets can really mess up some medical stuff, says the company, 
wanting to say that their Apple Watch is basically a tricorder. It basically, you know that whole that whole sci-fi thing that revolutionized medical care and analysis in Star Trek? That's basically what the Apple Watch is. Totally. Trust us on this. I mean, they don't say it exactly like that, but holy cow, do they want us to believe that? But I digress. Apple has, in fact, now, now stated the following devices should not should be kept away from medical devices. AirPods and charging case. AirPods and wireless charging case. AirPods Pro and wireless charging case. AirPods Max and smart case. The Apple Watch. The Apple Watch bands with magnets. Apple Watch magnetic charging accessories. The HomePod and the HomePod Mini. Basically everything involving the iPad. Basically everything involving the iPhone. Everything involving the Mac. Oh, the Mac, the Mac Mini, the Mac Pro, the MacBook Air, the MacBook Pro, the iMac, the Apple Pro Display XDR, the Beats Flex, Beats X, Power Beats Pro, your Beats, as well as basically anything with an Apple logo. And also saying certain other pro- Apple products contain magnets that are unlikely to interfere with medical devices to provide more info. Basically... If you have a medical device, Apple is not for you, as Apple was forced to put this out as... I assume there's some kind of case in the works involving medical devices and all these fancy magnets everywhere. I'm more surprised that the HomePod and the HomePod Mini have magnets powerful enough that bring on this kind of concern. Because last I checked, the HomePod and the HomePod Mini are just speakers with a terrible voice assistant built into it. But what do I know? Apple and Intel are reportedly going to be the first to adopt TSMC's three nanometer chip technology. Chat is saying that speaker magnets are strong in all capital letters. But if that's the case, then uh, wouldn't that mean that every computer ever should be kept away from uh, anything with a speaker in it then? I didn't think speaker magnets were that powerful. Oh, apparently, yes. So the Mac Pro should be on there because that has a built-in speaker. Anything with a proper speaker, yes, says the person in chat. All right, well. Apparently, they are strong, strong enough. I didn't think the magnets were that were strong enough to interfere with medical devices, though. Apple and Intel are going to be the first to adopt TSMC's three nanometer chip technology. TSMC is going to be entering production for three nanometers next year. 
and reportedly is going to have up to 15% performance improvements with a power reduction of 25 to 30% over TSMC's five nanometer technology. So Apple going the, going to three nanometers makes sense. I mean, they already are all in on their own ARM chips. But Intel using these three nanometers, I am very curious as to what Intel is going to be doing with three nanometers. Well, apparently, according to uh, the reports, Intel is go- uh, plans on introducing the, the new 3 nanometer CPU in laptops and, quote, data center applications. I have a feeling that that means that it's, that for the data center, it's going to be used for probably controllers on Intel's enterprise SSDs as opposed to three nanometer Xeon CPUs. Three nanometers for the laptops, of course, that makes perfect sense. More power consumption savings and and whatnot. Or network adapters. That's actually a good point as well. Thank you, chat. But the same report also says that Apple plans on just using it first in the iPad. So is this report implying that Apple is going to be treating the iPad from here on out as their flagship product? That's kind of weird considering the fact that the iPad has quite possibly the oddest operating system. iPad OS right now is kind of this it's in this weird spot cuz it's trying to be a phone OS but have like some capabilities of a desktop and is only recently getting a desktop features that we've seen in Windows 3.1 like to be able to have three applications on the screen at once get almost good support with mouse and keyboard have keyboard shortcuts and have a make-believe file manager yeah I said make-believe you use the file manager on an iPad and you tell me that that is a legitimate file manager it isn't it is a lie It makes the file manager of Android look, it, it makes the Android one look like it's actually powerful. And the Android one, it, the Android file manager that's built in is, uh, it's usable. This ends the good things I have to say about the Android file manager. 
it just more and more makes the iPad Pro look like a what are you doing device. Desktop grade CPU in a tablet that can't copy paste. But that then brings us to the rumors from analyst Mark German, who has had a pretty good track record of these sort of things, implying that Apple is looking at having future iPads with larger screens. Why? The whole point of a tablet form factor is to have something that's very portable that you can use just as you would a phone, but with more screen real estate so you can get more done. But in the end, as someone who has used many different kinds of tablets, there's a couple of things to consider. One, if I'm going to get real work done, I'm going to go and go to my laptop or my laptop that's hooked into a dock that is basically a desktop. No matter how good it is. Making the tablet bigger does not make it more usable. I want you to try something here. I want you, if you have one, go grab whatever your biggest laptop is while it's closed and try to hold it like you would a tablet. But a tablet will be lighter. I know that. But you're going to find something if you do that. Even this 12-incher I got back here. Here. Let me grab this. Even this 12-inch tablet from Dell. Which, by the way, if you ever find these Dell Venue 12 tablets, no matter how good of a deal it seems, getting one for 40 bucks, do not do it. They have frickin' two gigs of RAM. They can't run Windows. And the drivers are so wonky, you can't get a good version of Linux on them. I've tried. <sighs> it's just kind of sad. Although despite, the f although, despite that, I mean, these frickin' things, you can just open up and... Look at that, I can replace everything. But in any case, you're gonna find with something like this, they're top-heavy. They're unwieldy. To hold it from the side like this and interact with it, after a while, your hand does get tired. The bigger it gets, the less usable as a tablet it becomes. If you go out to an Apple store, assuming you're comfortable doing so, and grab one of the 12 inches, you're going to find... It's less usable as a tablet, and you want to go ahead and put it into the keyboard case. 
to use it as a laptop. But hear me out here for a second. You take iPad OS, which is almost a desktop operating system, but not there yet. You spend $1,000 on the 12 incher, which is what it starts at. Put it into your $200 keyboard dock and you have a $1,200 laptop. And then you realize you could have gotten a MacBook Air for less money and it would be more usable. You make a bigger iPad and all you do is make a more compelling reason to just get a laptop in the first place. On top of that, this actual Dell venue I'm holding here, one of the things that it actually gets a bad rap for is these huge bezels on the side. It's so you can hold it and not interact with the screen. More and more, that's just vanishing. Instead, you got to hold it by the edges, and now my hand is so wildly stretched. And then that's it. And then, of course, that's excluding the whole part about it now that it's bigger. There's more areas where it can fail. Chat saying, or you could just get a normal laptop. I'm just, I am making the argument. If you are reliant on the Apple ecosystem, because that's clearly who it's designed to. It's super easy to say, hey, iPad user, go ahead and grab a, pick a, pick a Windows laptop. Well, if they don't want to be in the Windows ecosystem, you're not going to convince them. By going and saying you could get a freaking MacBook and have a better device and still be in the same freaking ecosystem, their argument about, but it's on Windows, is now null and void. Because no matter what sort, no, no matter what kind of arguments you can make about, hey, Windows is a better platform in general just cause it's more compatibility, it's less gar garden walled. And although Windows has its flaws, at least they fess up to them faster than Apple who will let a massive security vulnerability be known in the wild for a month before they literally do anything about it. The Apple fanboy is still gonna stick with Apple because they're an Apple fanboy. That is the problem. Basically, my point is that the bigger an iPad gets, the less an iPad it becomes. You already are getting to the point where an iPad basically is a computer that wants to be a laptop, but isn't. And more and more and more, you see the fact that the iPad just wants to be the laptop. That's what the stupid overpriced keyboard dock is 
anyway. Chad also says get a Chromebook. Do not get a Chromebook. Chromebook is more useless than the iPad. That's all I'm going to say about that. Let's shift gears a bit. Parents are urged to keep air tags away from children. The Australian Competition and Consumer Commission, or ACC, is urging parents to ensure Apple air tags are kept out of the reach of, ch- of young children as the ACC has raised safety concerns with Apple about the accessibility and security of the button battery inside the product. Basically, the ACCC is concerned about the Apple AirTag because the Apple AirTag can actually be serviced. No! Stop it! This is the one good thing we've gotten out of Apple in freaking eight years. We finally got Apple to give us something, anything that could replace the battery in. Don't you ruin this for us! I I swear, Australia! This is the one dot. This is the one thing that we've gotten out of Apple that is even slightly consumer friendly. Please! Please don't ruin it. I don't want to find out that Apple started including every AirTag with a healthy injection of hot glue. Please don't do this. That being said, this could very easily be fixed by just using a screw to hold the AirTag together and probably should have been done in the first place. Someone in chat says, back in my day, parents kept me away from this kind of stuff without warning. I mean, there is that too. We could just do this crazy thing called use some common sense. Take some responsibility for once in your life. And maybe, just maybe, we can do it without some bureaucracy trying to ruin the one bit of consumer friendliness we have had out of Apple in who knows how long. Maybe one day we can just live our lives without something trying to interfere and tell us about how we are doing everything wrong. In other news, Facebook wants to uh, intervene in if you are being exposed to material it deems is converting you to being an extremist. (coughs) Oh boy, this is what I need in my life. I need Facebook to self-judge itself. 
th there's just so many things that just makes me want to scream about this story. So basically, Facebook, who, by the way, is has one job. It has one job. To listen to you talk and sell your secrets. And it sucks at that because it keeps managing to leak out your secrets. But now, in addition to spying on you just by reading your feed, it is now going to track your... It's now going to go ahead and track... what you are viewing and if it deems that you are viewing stuff that it deems is extremist it will then perform a digital intervention you know first off I don't, I'm not sure if uh, the lizard people that run Facebook are capable of knowing what is or isn't extremist. That is the first thing. I, I have a distinct feeling that, uh, that uh, Facebook would, uh, when I go and view recipes on delicious cake, feel that I'm being a chocolate extremist and stage whatever the heck this digital intervention is. But here's a thought, Facebook. First off, what what is it going to define as an extremist? Second, why is this the solution you go to? There's just, so, this rubs me in so many wrong ways. It's, it's like you got, God, it, I'm trying to think of a good analogy for this, but every analogy I think you wouldn't, it wouldn't even come to pass because you know what you'd end up doing? If you, if you had uh, Gary the cannibal at, at your party, You'd kick Gary the cannibal out. <sighs> Look, if there's one theme that has been fairly consistent here on Eagle Eyes on Tech, just stop using Facebook. Just stop. I'm a, grown, I'm a grown adult. I can make my own decisions. I don't need Facebook telling me that that chocolate cake recipe I just downloaded is too extreme or this funny meme that I've now shared on how many Discord, discords about uh, Activision being the worst thing that ever happened to Blizzard is being too extreme or not. Just stop.
And then, of course, there's also the grounds of Facebook trying to claim that it's a public platform. And long story short here, in summary with Facebook, for a platform that wants to say that it is a public forum to try and guide this middle ground where you can say whatever you want but then to also go ahead and uh, start trying to do this digital intervention sort of thing that uh, basically is the equivalent of Clippy coming up here on the screen and saying you have been exposed to harmful extremist content recently want some support with that basically is doing nothing but what is that going to accomplish in the first place? I, I would say it's a band-aid solution, but it'd be like if the band-aid is made of water. It's going to accomplish nothing. Except to maybe, just maybe, going ahead and... and try to say publicly, see, we're, we're doing something about this. But then to try and claim that you're this public forum and then to do stuff like this flies in the face of that. Facebook's eventually just going to have to come to the conclusion that they aren't what they say they are and just be ready for the fallout of that. But that is starting to get into the political realm of what is and isn't considered a public forum. With no good way to shift gears, let's shift gears radically over to Micron selling their 3D X-Point fa fabrication plants to Texas Instruments for $900 million. Really? The Texas Instruments? Why? There had to have been a better choice than Texas Instruments, right? Right? Uh. Now, contrary to popular belief, Texas Instruments actually does do more than produce overpriced ga graphing calculators that are just basically the only, let's be honest, the only reason you get a Texas Instrument calculator is one of two reasons. One, you are required to by your school or college. Or two, you are a professional in the field and you like the feel of the actual old school calculator Versus using the touch screen on your phone. Those are the only two reasons you go ahead and get a Texas Instrument calculator. But contrary to popular belief, Texas Instrument does go ahead and make many other things. The only problem is that I actually do not recall off the top of my head what those other things are. I know they actually do make controllers for like SSDs and whatnot. But I really do want to know when is 
the TI this, that, or the other thing. I forgot what the model for the T for the graphing calculators. I want to say the TI-80 is like the industry standard Texas Instrument graphing calculator. Well, it's been a while since I've used one, okay? It's been a while. Someone in chat says, have you used a proper graphing calculator recently? They are way superior to anything on the phone. Again, my point is that the only reason you use it is because A, you are, you are either required to by school or B, you're a professional in the field that actually needs a device like that. The common everyday person does not need to, off the top of their head, need the compute power that a graphing calculator would normally. There are other solutions that aren't baked into your, but regard, but regardless of that, Texas Instruments now owns a flash fabricator. People in chat are talking about MathLab for PC and MathLab for Androids. And for whatever reason, the first thing I see is meth lab when glancing over the chat and I've almost said it twice now. There's other people in chat are saying the same thing. I have now said it once because I've now had to say the flub that I've almost said. Which makes me wonder why I even bothered saying it anyway. I just want to know what is going to be the point of this fabrication plant for Texas Instruments. Because it's not like a, a graphing calculator, which is, to my knowledge, the most advanced computing device that Texas Instruments makes. But I'm also gonna admit that I don't know everything Texas Instruments makes. But that is a thing that crossed my radar. And I had to share it with you because it made me ask but why for 15 minutes straight while doing prep. A Tesla Model S Plaid has uh, spontaneously combusted out in the wild. Now, before we get any further in this story, I want to stress, this is not a case like the, the Samsung Note 7. This is one phone that has had this problem, or one car that has had this problem. This is the only known case of this. I am not insinuating at all that all Model S's are going to spontaneously combust. Someone in chat says they might as well just be big phones. Okay, fair enough. That being said, this is a horrifying story. 
The owner of a new Tesla Model S Plaid. These are the latest generation of the Tesla Model S's. The ones that took the center uh, portrait screen, turned it horizontal to make it more awkward to use in the car, in my opinion, but what do I know? And also went ahead with the yoke style steering wheel a decision i think is utterly horrendous and should have never been done but they went ahead and did it anyway and that i that i will say i do speak from experience that is an awful steering wheel but in any case while driving this Tesla Model S plaid that I'm not going to lie. Every time I see the word plaid, I almost say played. Every single time. But the owner of this Tesla Model S played was driving it along and it spontaneously combusted on him. The car just caught fire. The driver tried to exit the vehicle but the electronic locks on the doors would not release. Teslas do not have a manacle, uh, a, a mechanical door release. You push a button and a motor releases the latch and lets you out. That latch failed and trapping the owner inside the vehicle for a brief moment until after he threw enough weight against the door that it released. The owner fortunately was not harmed. The Tesla Model S played did in fact get totaled by it so a couple of things first off why is the yoke steering wheel still allowed i thought for certain that there was regulations that required steering wheels to be in a steering wheel shape for safety concerns speaking of safety concerns what the heck is with the door i remember in various videos that they had to that the external opening mechanism on the original roadster was an electronic lock but the internal one was required by law to be mechanical zona chat says that race cars use the yoke yeah race cars can use the yoke steering wheel because but they're not street legal This is going to be a fun one to track. There, because there are so many things with this vehicle that just reek of, I don't think that is legally allowed. And this is going to end up resulting in a lawsuit. 
And this might in fact be the only vehicle that had a battery malfunction like this. I mean, heck, you talk about just various things. The way the heck won't the windows automatically roll up on every other window in the car? For safety, it's a requirement. Why the heck is the internal lock on my door mechanical? Because it's required. So what the heck happened here? Oh, Chad actually does point out that uh, the headline says attorneys say. So, so clearly already legal action is already being looking at least looked into at the very least so we do at least have that like i said this is gonna be a fun one to track next week because there's gonna be a lot looked into this and this is also one of the reasons why i've said that the way the Cybertruck is currently designed is most likely going to have to change. Remember, one of the biggest things about the Cybertruck, despite looking like a fugly piece of hot garbage or something that was rendered by an N64, is that the whole thing is an exoskeleton. And it, the thing, but a car is required to crumple for safety. So that in the case of an accident, the passenger is not harmed, which the Cybertruck, by its very definition, won't do. Someone in chat says the, the, that the, trap, the, the owner was trapped in there, even if only briefly. Obviously, all safety regulations organizations are now looking at this from every angle. Th that's what I'm saying. Is that this is going to be an interesting one to follow up on as it's being looked into. This so in the end, like I said, we're going to be following up on this one. It's gonna get good. With no good way to shift gears, let's shift gears from the story that will be way more interesting next week, or the week after, or however long it's gonna be until investigations are done on this. Robin Hood. The app that get, that was super popular towards the end of 2020 is deciding to go public after getting a whole lot of flack last year for telling people what they can or can't buy. So Robinhood, for those who don't know, is an application that allows users to buy stocks and cryptocurrency it got a huge boost in popularity when 
Wall Street Bets subreddit pretty much turned buying GameStop meat, a GameStop stock into a meme and I would say artificially inflated the, well, no, it actually is. Artificially inflated the value of the stock to untold proportions to go after short sellers and do what is known as a short squeeze. Robinhood, though, um, wasn't prepared for this and limited the ability of people to buy these meme stocks and thus got themselves kind of a bad reputation. But now, after finally seeing profitability, is deciding to go public. So look, because it's required by law, I will say this much. I am not a financial expert. I am not about to provide professional financial advice. What I'm about to say is my own opinion. You go ahead and invest your money however you want. Do not, under any circumstances, buy Robinhood stock, even though it is going to be tempting because they want to go ahead and have their stock go under the symbol of hood. Which, by the way, has a lot of meme potential. But hear me out for a second. The only reason why Robinhood currently is profitable is because during the pandemic, people could not spend what expendable income they had on doing literally anything. Products were in short supply and still are as we're still suffering from the chip shortage. And you couldn't go anywhere because everything was shut down. Thus, stock trading saw a massive boom during 2020 as a result. That is how Wall Street bets ended up getting enough of a following to do what they did. However, right now, the world is opening up more. Some areas they are opening up quicker than others. But we are starting to get to a, to a, to a, to a state in society where we are returning slowly to what we once were. This means that fewer and fewer people are going to be buying stocks. This means that's going to start normalizing. This means that Robinhood's profitability has nowhere to go but down. This is going to be a stock that is going to look like a downhill slope and do nothing else. Hood is going to, uh, Robin Hood is going to get a massive surge from opening up an IPO and their value is just going to go down, 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 
down. That is what I believe is going to happen. You have saw you have seen the same thing happen when Coinbase first went public. They started way high, they slowly went down, and now that cryptocurrency mining is becoming less and less popular, they're going down, 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 down. Especially as the price of a lot of stuff is going up. With the whole thing of inflation going through, more and more people are less and less likely to go ahead and blow expendable income on stuff like buying a meme stock. You're going to start seeing all that sort of stuff go down in value. Robinhood, literally the only reason they're going public right now, in my opinion, again, not a professional financial advisor at all. The main reason I see Robinhood going and going public now is for a quick payout now try to make themselves look good and get bought up and wash their hands of this and ride the high of being the meme they were. That's it. That is my humble opinion. Now, how about a topic where I am a bit more knowledgeable in? Right here, I have for you quite possibly the worst HR department ever. Amazon is reportedly using algorithms to fire their flex delivery drivers. So flex delivery drivers is an internal system within Amazon that basically allows... It's basically the the way they manage gig drivers. Let's say I have a cargo van. All right. I decide I want to use this cargo van to load up Amazon packages and deliver them for profit. All right. That's what flex delivery does. Allows me to just go ahead, use my own things and deliver packages flex delivery also from what people have said i can't confirm this because well i'm not gonna lie i haven't looked too deep into it because i have better things to do than deliver packages for amazon this flex delivery system also manages according to other sources the smaller companies that manage small fleets for for Amazon. Amazon, for the most part, does not have their own drivers. They just hire other companies that do it for them. But this algorithm monitors the progress of drivers and just takes note of things like, say, oh, they took too long at this stop, or oh, They didn't get to this area on time. This, that, and the other thing. But it doesn't manage whether they are in control of that or not. So let's say I have my 
my van and I go to an Amazon locker and the locker isn't functioning and I gotta wait there for maintenance to go and fix it. That is held against me as the driver despite the fact that it is not my fault and because it's an algorithm as opposed to an actual driving manager that you can go ahead and say, hey, the loading door didn't work. You are then fired by the algorithm and in order to file an appeal, you have to pay out $200 to file the appeal against the machine firing you. This, this actually sounds a lot like Swift, but enough of that sort of thing. This could be part of the reason we have been hearing nothing but bad news about working for Amazon delivery drivers. This right here, the fact that the human element of managing the drivers has been taken out almost completely. Because of course the algorithm has no way to know. Oh, hey, look, there was an accident on, on the highway that delayed you there. Or, oh, hey, look, the locker was broken down. Or, oh, hey, look, you were randomly pulled over by DOT for some other minor thing. With all that taken out of the equation, in the end, you're just left out there to dry. At least in the normal freight industry, there is at least a dispatcher you can talk to. But with the algorithm just taking the place of the dispatcher, Actually, you know what? No, that actually is very close to what it is like in the freight industry. <laughs> At least for, say, companies like Swift. But this does explain a lot, doesn't it? The biggest problem I have with this, though, easily the biggest problem I have is the supposed $200 you have to pay for an algorithm getting something wrong. That is my biggest problem with this. Easily, by far. Someone in chat, chat asks, aren't the flex drivers technically not employees unless they're in California? Yes, they are technically subcontractors. Technically, they are. Yeah, they're subcontractors. Now, of course, now I don't know what the what the word what the rules are. If say the flex delivery drivers, if the flex delivery system is managing a say 
a small company that manages all that. I don't know how that works in there at all. I believe then the employees of that company are then the employees that and the company is a subcontractor of Amazon or something to that affair. I, again, I don't know the details exactly because I've never gone through and looked into the flexibility program big or in any sort of serious degree at all. But again, the biggest problem I have with this is the fact they have taken out the human element in the HR department of this, but then charge you, charge you for filing an appeal. In no other industry is that considered standard to, for the subcontractor to have to pay $200 to file an appeal. That is what blows me away about all this. Everyone else is looking at this and going, wow, that sounds really, really crazy. Well, this sort of thing kind of does happen in the logistics industry. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. But to put the HR in an A, not even AI, Algorithm. But to then also, if the algorithm is wrong, not even AI, an algorithm. If it gets it wrong, they have to pay for that. That's just crazy. And of course, the article goes on to say that very rarely do, does an appeal ever result in any pro in in a reversal oh boy well we'll have to see and of course i do want to stress this much this is just a report there is no confirmation on anything i have just said but if this report is correct, this does explain a lot. And before we get to the next break, this could be a good uh, sign that everything in the world is just going mad. A new game platform wants to bring tv style ads to console and pc games the company known as simul media wants to offer the ability to be able to inject 15 to 30 second ads in exchange for being able to unlock exclusive gaming perks in various games deals have already been struck supposedly with ea Tencent. I'm sorry, with EA and Tencent. To be able to... Uh, wait, no. EA, Tencent. No, it is just EA and Tencent. 
that are in that, that are on boards with this which you know what honestly if you told me we're gonna go ahead and inject 30 second ads into video games i would assume ea and tencent would be behind it Sona chat says maybe if the game was free well the tencent game might be free ea <laughs> no dude that game's gonna cost 60 bucks the unlockable perk inside the game to watch ads is going to be hitting the the play button or pressing start and there's going to be loot boxes because this is ea we're talking about and only rarely does ea actually show any kind of sign of wanting to improve their self <sighs> Let me state this for the most part. I know how the thought process is here. It's a great feature on mobile gaming. So clearly it can work on all gaming. You want to know why anything works on mobile gaming? Because everyone has a phone. The user base of mobile gaming is the overwhelming majority of modern society. Just about anyone is going to go ahead, install a random game, and just go in there. So pretty much anything goes in mobile gaming because the user base of mobile gaming is so big, all you need is a fraction of a percent to be suckers enough to buy into a feature for that feature to be profitable. You then take that same kind of logic to say console gaming or PC gaming where the user base is much smaller but much more sophisticated and a dumb idea like this is way less likely to fly. I'll say this much. I have, for the most part, indirectly have been boycotting EA. They continue to do this and, well, I can't boycott them again, but man, Boycotting them is going to be way easier. Oh boy. That's just basically all I got to say about that. We're going to take a break here. And when we come back, EVGA is going to team red, potentially. We'll take a look as well as some other interesting little bits of gaming news. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. Xbox Game Pass Cloud Streaming with Series X backends hit browsers and the iOSs today. 
This means you too can enjoy a Stadia-like experience without it being Stadia. Like right now, the only reason to do it is if you don't have a GPU. That 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 is my opinion. That is just my opinion. <laughs> on uh, on this sort of thing, <laughs> chat wants to know what the heck that word salad. I said, don't look at me. That's what Xbox calls their stupid cloud gaming service. The Xbox Game Pass cloud streaming with Series X backend. <laughs> Actually, just call it Xbox Game Pass Cloud Streaming. But now it has the Series X backend for better quality, I guess. Honestly, in my opinion, just only use this if you don't have a, you know, a GPU or an Xbox. There's been a lot of people talking about how, how they're gaming right now on integrated GPUs because that's the only option they have. Meanwhile, LG is enabling their 4K Dolby Vision gaming up to 120 hertz on certain TVs. You want to talk about uh, how many of these various gaming features are just sounding like a word salad. Now that, the, now that one person in chat mentioned it, everything just sounds like a word salad. Big Supreme 4K 360 Taco Vision launches today from LOL Enterprises. That sounded about as real as all this other stuff, right? Anyway, 4K gaming, which supports Dolby Vision, which is a thing, I guess, whatever. At up to 120 hertz, that's been enabled by a software update, which makes me wonder why the heck it was disabled in the first place. It was all there in the first place. This is something that actually drives me nuts with these software updates. And this is something that's actually driven me nuts in regards to Tesla. Well, Tesla can just put an over-the-air update and all of a sudden your slower car is now faster. No, they didn't bring an upgrade to your system. They allowed you to use what was already there. A software update doesn't magically make your car faster. A software update allows you to use your car for how fast it's always been. It's the same thing here. A software update isn't magically making your TV better allowing it to do 120 hertz it was always capable of it now really what it is in fairness to lg it probably just had some software glitches that made the experience terrible to do what the tv could do and now there's a software update to allow it to do it without those glitches and now the feature has been unlocked because it's now glitch-free. That is most likely what this means, in fairness to LG. But this culture recently of just saying the world is all software and more software is going to make the world more better 
it has to be there in the first place there isn't going to be any software update i do to my quad core cpu to make it an eight core that's not a thing that's going to ever physically exist because no matter how much software you throw in there no matter how much you try to trick the computer into thinking there's more there's multiple cores no matter how much fake hyper threading you throw on the actual hyper threading that are already there to make it look like 16 or 32 there is still only gonna be four freaking physical cores on the cpu always there is no software update in the world that's gonna turn that super nintendo over there into that gamecube right under it none ever but we want to continue to anyway that's a tangent that's been driving me nuts the more and more former car uh uh car guys trying to be tech guys and just not comprehending that it's the motor's always been there and only physical capable of this Some I'm being baited in chat. Someone in chat says four cores. My tablet is eight. No, your car. No, your tablet is four. Your tablet is four cores. It just has two sets of four cores. Four cores that actually do something, and four other cores that are perpetually in a state of. Bear, of basically barely doing anything and just sipping power that's it that's the big little architecture but for far too long phones wanted to lie and say that it's eight core even though only four ever acted at one time because that's how big little works isn't amazing how freaking the word salad and just making stuff up as we go just ends up confusing things more and more well for that fact when uh, AMD eventually launches their uh, their 16 core big little that has we'll say 10 efficiency cores and 16 high performance cores does that mean they have a 26 core processor well technically well technically no because you never use all 16 at or all 26 at once no matter what kind of load you throw at it there we go that was a very impromptu rant let's get on a different impromptu rant youtube tv is getting a 4k plus add-on with downloads so now you can enjoy YouTube TV and get 4K content on the phone that you can't view 4K content on. Not because it physically can't, no. Your phone probably does have 4K on it for reasons that cannot explain. <laughs> Someone in chat. Right, one of our trucker guys in the chat just said something that made my head hurt because I know some pickup truck guy is going to try and say something that stupid. 
He said my my eighteen wheeler has eighteen wheels on uh, eighteen wheels on on both on the truck with with trailer. Does that mean I have an eighteen by eighteen wheel drive? Someone's gonna say that too. Some guy with a pickup truck and a dually is gonna try and say that they'll have frickin' what would it be? Four wheels in the trailer, six six on the truck if they have a dually. They they they'd have ten by ten. Even though only the dually axle probably drives. God, we want to talk about industries that just have word salads that mean nothing. The trucking industry. I've ranted on this before. The trucking industry just has so many words that mean so little. Like the word van. A van can either be a four-wheeled vehicle that... Ha that has two seats and has a large amount of cargo space, a vehicle that is used to tra transport kids, or is a 53 foot long box that has no engine in it whatsoever that attaches to a semi truck. Van has no meaning. It's a meaningless word. Anyway, speaking of meaningless words, YouTube. $19.99 a month for 4K streaming. But the problem is that it's additional on top of the $65 you already pay. $85 to get YouTube TV. You're getting dangerously close to a cable bill now. Like, what the heck? Who's on board? $85 a month. Cutting the cord. Hey, remember when cutting the cord was cool to save money? $85 a month. And for 4K on top of that, I just, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. Qualcomm has announced a new Snapdragon 888 that has 5G, that has a 5G modem built into the chip. But probably the more interesting thing is the fact that this new Snapdragon 888 Plus, which I think I forgot to mention the Plus before because I first glanced at it and thought it just meant 888 with 5G. But no, 888 Plus, the model of the chip, has its, has its chip layout as follow. It is an 8-core chip TM with four efficiency cores clocked at 1.8 gigahertz. Three high power cores clocked at 2.4 gigahertz and one high efficiency core clocked at 2.995 gigahertz. 
so instead of a big little design, we have a very big, big little. One core clocked way higher than the others on this. And it's reaching close to three gigahertz on that. Well, I guess that active cooling might be required sooner than we think if we want to go ahead with a Snapdragon 888. Also, can I just say I love the fact that uh, Qualcomm at least shows their specs, but uh, Apple <coughs> uh, will not at all. Funny how that works. But, you know what? We don't need fancy big little tricks on AMD. We can instead have the Project Hydra overclocking tool now available for AMD Ryzen 5000 series processors. New overclocking tool out there. And I'm going to leave it to uh, other outlets to go ahead and overclock chips that I don't have to see how far you can push Ryzen 5000. And more importantly, will that overclock actually have any real world noticeable difference? We're actually talking about this in another stream not too long ago about how overclocking recently is just nowhere even close to as valuable as it once was. Like, you go back, let's say, 15 years or 20 years. And, you know, getting another 50 or, a month, or another 100 megahertz actually was a big deal. Even a 50 megahertz overclock on a CPU that old gave a real-world noticeable speed improvement. Nowadays... You can push five, six, seven, eight hundred megahertz, maybe even a gigahertz with enough cooling. But in the end, the base processor is so fast in the first place. The only time you're ever going to possibly notice the difference is in a professional application where you have to throw a long workload at it. And all of a sudden you shave a couple minutes off the end time if it's a really long one maybe even an hour or more likely you end up saving no time at all because the project crashed halfway through because you hindered the stability a little bit with the overclock and that was enough to throw the seven hour long render into jeopardy that's why you usually don't see overclocks done in professional workloads Because, man, if that render, you might be able to save an hour, but if that render errors out two hours in, well, not you lost that time. But still, it'll be fun to see what happens with this overclocking tool. What's more interesting, however, is EVGA, possibly for the first time in its history, is threatening to release an AMD motherboard. They released a tease, I shouldn't say threatening, but they teased their Dark brand, which is one of their higher-end motherboard brands that is 
free of of the disease known as RGB with the Ryzen logo behind it. Now you might think this isn't a big deal. Oh look, a, a motherboard maker making motherboard for AMD, which is now popular high powered platform. EVGA has never in the past, to my knowledge, ever released a motherboard for AMD. They have been exclusively Intel. I think since the dawn of EVGA as a whole. So here's the next question. Is EVGA going to make an AMD graphics card? Probably not. Right, right now, EVGA just needs, needs to try and just make graphic cards at all, seeing as how, you know, graphics cards are a bedtime story we tell our children for them to go to sleep, because after all, graphic cards aren't real. They're a myth. But seeing EVGA actually go ahead and make an AMD motherboard kind of does say a lot about AMD moving forward. Shifting gears again, Sir Richard Branson is going to be going into space on July 11th. That's his way to show that his company, Virgin Galactic, is safe for tourists to go into space. Woo! Neat. Now, meanwhile, while that aspect of the future is just kind of neat, we do have this aspect of the future. A flying car has completed its first test flight between airports. Now this, this is both amazing and terrifying. The hybrid car aircraft, also known as an air car, is equipped with a BMW engine and runs on regular gasoline, or rather this article, because it's from the BBC, is calling it petroleum pump fuel, and has in fact flew about 600 miles, or 1,000 kilometers, at a height of... 6,200 feet or 2,500 meters. Okay, this is very nitpicky. But why the heck is this article from the BBC first saying it could fly 1,000 kilometers and then parentheses saying 600 miles, but then when it came to height, has the feet first and then the metric unit in parentheses? Look, I get it. Metric is an easier is a much, much, much easier unit of measurement to use. So can we just have metric as the primary one and then imperial in the parentheses? I just, just very confusing. Anyway, minor details aside. Um, I, I here's my first question. Oh no. Who, who is going to be driving this thing? Now, the car hybrid, once it lands, it will fold its wings inside itself so that it will be able to drive looking like a 
somewhat normal vehicle. There won't be wings that'll clip other other drivers. But uh Oh god. Oh no. We can't even get normal people to fly a freaking quadcopter normally. What chance do we have of them driving a flying car correctly? Oh. Ah, nightmare. This is just Oh. This is going to be absolutely nightmarish. Also, one last note before moving on. As though to completely infuriate me and the way there that this BBC article is going about their unit measurement. I give you this sentence. It can carry two people with a combined weight limit of 200 kilograms. And then parentheses, 31 stone. You, you, you really can't decide on what unit of measurements to use, can you? Who wrote this? Who proofread this? Who uses stone? Who was this article made for? I, I the more I look at this, the more confusing it gets. I, you know what? I think I'll just stick with standard flight which now will ha allow us to use Bluetooth headphones to connect wirelessly to the infotainment systems inside United's new, uh, did I say infotainment? The entertainment systems built into United's new chairs. They will now use TVs that will just connect to your own heads headsets wirelessly, let you watch whatever but you still won't have any leg room. It's just the natural order of things, I'm sorry. Now, while you contemplate this future, I give you this promise from, v from Volkswagen. Volkswagen will end their sales of combustion engines in Europe by 2035. And it'll do, it'll do the same in the United States and China somewhat later. All right, look. You want to know why I hate these kind of uh, headlines? I hate these headlines because they mean exactly nothing. Because you have a whole 14 years to back out of your promise because things, guess what? A lot can change in a year in case 2020 didn't teach you that. So much can change in a, in a year. Why the heck do you think that everything is going to go according to plan in 14 of those? And so many entities do this. 
state governments do this federal governments do, do this large companies do this we're gonna go ahead and do something 20 years from now good for you i'll make sure to check back on that in 20 years no wait no more than likely i'm gonna forget forget by then because in two weeks something more important is gonna happen than whatever your nothing freaking pr statement was that you went ahead and said all this is is just you hoping to get get a freaking hug and a handshake for making a statement this entire article might as well have just just been the word fart in size 180 font because that's all it ends up mattering that's the entire article the end it has been coming for a while basically like everyone's saying hey we're gonna have self-driving cars in 10 years all right we'll see i'll be back to you in 10 years yeah how many companies have been saying we're gonna we're gonna switch off mainframes guess what ibm still makes mainframes surprise you're gonna also see this with a whole bunch of places trying to switch over to arm you're gonna find out that uh th that their switch over to it is going to be delayed over and over and over again because they're going to find out that arm that their transition arm was nowhere near as good as they expected because arm although has benefits nowhere near as good as they were hoping and then of course i don't know if they realize this other places innovate too Dahmer has announced the first Mercedes-Benz electric truck that will hit the road soon, TM. Mercedes-Benz un unveiled the new truck they are referring to as the E-Actros for heavy-duty distribution in European markets. The E-Actros is, is available as a two-act two axle and three axle mo model followed by municipal versions yeah etc 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 and it's intended for long range sem uh, and is going to be launching as a long range semi with a range of 500 kilometers or 311 miles y you know in smaller company uh, smaller company in smaller countries this makes more sense, but I know it's gonna happen. I know it's gonna happen because Tesla tried to do the same thing. They try to do this exact same thing. Trying to say that they were gonna go ahead and change the trucking industry with a Tesla semi. The semi truck that has the seat positioned incorrectly and has no way for the driver to sleep in the truck at all, but still be considered long range, despite the truck, despite the fact that the driver after driving is just going to lay on the floor and wonder why the future sucks, I guess. While waiting who knows how long for the battery to charge. 
in their brake that's now mandatory not because of laws but because the range on the battery only let them drive for freaking you know four hours and now they're required to take a two-hour break because that's how long the blasted battery is going to take to charge don't get me wrong this concept of an electric truck is fantastic for short range logistics for local logistics for driving a load from one warehouse to another and the distance is short enough that the driver can actually be able to go home but here's the thing and Dahmer knows this because of course Dahmer is not a stranger in the truck market real truckers need somewhere to rest you can even see that the size of the cab they're using in these cab overs is big enough to have a small sleeper. And it's actually not uncommon for Euro trucks to have a very small sleeping space. But before all the tech guys go, oh, the future's here, Diesel's dead, woo! Just know this. The distance between one U.S. coast to the other is greater than 250 miles. And not by a small margin either. You cannot transport freight from New York to San Diego overnight and be able to get home and sleep in a bed. Sleepers exist in trucks for a reason. And you can try and say, oh, there's, there's less maintenance because electrics and whatnot. We just had a freaking story earlier about a freaking car that caught fire. You think maybe just maybe that uh you know putting even more of those batteries increases the risk of failure yeah the other thing i'm noting here is that all pictures of this uh semi truck I'm noticing actually they're using a different trailer outfit. It looks like they actually intended intentionally made the uh, Is it using unique? Is it using a unique trailer? Is this whole thing a straight truck? 
Is it just a straight truck with a can on it? Is that all this semi-truck is? They actually don't have... Well, okay, they, they must not have pictures of the actual semi-version of this out yet. Because it looks... It, it just looks like a, a standard flatbed straight truck with a uh with a can on it or a container now the article claims they ha they have a a version of this that actually is gonna be a tractor trailer or, or a, uh, an actual real semi truck but we'll see. The other thing I'm noticing is that in order to get the capacity they are claiming, not only do they have to make the truck longer to accommodate the batteries. Well, it's just that. They had to make the truck longer in order to accommodate the batteries. So I don't know how they're going to make a semi-version of this without drastically reducing the range. The, yeah, there's there's the other question. What what is the 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 weight of this truck without a container? I know in the EU they don't regulate the weight nearly as much, but they regulate the length of the truck way more. That's why the cab over design is much more popular in the EU. So it doesn't add extra length. But here in the states almost all the regulation for for what you're allowed to ship is based on weight there is a length requirement but you know it's nowhere near as important as the weight so i mean now if your actual tractor weighs twice as much than the diesel counterpart well that's that much weight that's much that's that much less freight you're now shipping. Oh boy. This is going to get interesting down the road. More and more people want to switch to the electric and it's just electric semis are just trying to be the new thing. Because everyone knows that the electric vehicle is inevitable for residential. But what's the point if there's so much commercial vehicles that use diesel? Well, get ready to find out just what the actual trucking world really is going to be like. And now we get you to the weird stories. Special Operations Command in Washington, D.C. has is now testing an anti-aging pill. 
or at least they're going to be starting to test an anti-aging pill next year. I cannot imagine a much more odd, strange, sci-fi sounding headline as testing an anti-aging pill. Actually, I think uh, a military operation testing an anti-aging drug might have actually been a plot hook to one of the Metal Gear Solid games. There's actually a halfway decent chance that actually was one. Ah, who am I kidding? It was probably nanomachines. So it's always nanomachines. But no, apparently it they actually are testing a drug that helps hinder and potentially reverse some of the negative effects of aging. Wonderful. Well, I mean, this sounds like a post-apocalyptic headline. I mean, what what could sound more, uh, more the end is nigh than something like that like this i mean you tell me you you can already see what happens testing anti-aging drug anti-aging drug test causes enraged commando mutations in test subjects war breaks out between between mutants and and humans You could start seeing it start to write itself, right? Well, I've got one that can top it. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring you the last burb. The last story of the day, the weirdest story of the week. I am going to read the following headline, word for word, from the register. Radioactive hybrid terror pigs have made themselves a home in Fukushima exclusive, I'm sorry, exclusion zone. Radioactive hybrid terror pigs. So for those of you who have forgotten, there was a nuclear d- disaster with the Fukushima power plant not all that long ago, back in 2011 is when this happened. And to this day, cleanup efforts are still going on in Japan to help make the area habitable again. There are, in fact, areas in Fukushima that are considered the exclusion zone, meaning that these areas have been roped off and no one is allowed in because it is considered not safe. In fact, while 
people while the the Japanese government is going through and cleaning the area. They even have signs up with Geyer counters built into them to show, you know, how safe is it in the area and areas that aren't considered completely uninhabitable in the exclusion zones you actually are allowed in or not depending on what the guy counter reads well the actual exclusion zone no one is allowed in and in fact wild pigs and boars have decided to make a home there but there's a problem some of the pigs and boars have shown more aggressive behavior more than likely they have either been mutated in some way shape or form by the radiation or have developed a kind of brain cancer that has affected their behavior yes i know a cancer is still a mutation anyway but you get my point and in fact these boars and pigs have begun crossbreeding and these boar pig hybrids are even more aggressive thus giving us hybrid terror pigs that by the way are living on radioactive land. So see, not as bad as the, as, as the headline made it sound, but, uh, yay, we're doomed. And, and either way, I'm not going to lie. It does kind of put everything in perspective when you have to, when you do have to go sit back and realize that somewhere out in the world, yes, there is in fact areas of land that are radioactive still to this day and are now the home of hybrid terror pigs. Folks, that is going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening. And I do encourage you, check out our daily podcast, The Early Burb Briefing, which you can find at anchor.fm slash early burb briefing. All one word. And check out my Twitch page, twitch.tv slash Eagle Falcon. Take care, and hopefully we'll see you next time.
All right, so a couple things first before we close up shop. Uh, first off, Al Gore, if you are listening to this, I said hybrid terror pigs, not man bear pig. Please return to your cave. We don't need you to hunt down man bear pig. Man bear pig still is not a thing. And second, are rhinos going to move in? Are we going to finally get Bebop and Rocksteady from the 90s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cartoon? That's the real question.